Welcome to Bible Curious, where we explore the entire Bible from cover to cover, asking ourselves, what is the Holy Bible? What claims does it make about God? And what message does it have for us today? Whether you are faithful or unfaithful, believing, unbelieving, or just plain curious, this series is for you. I'm Arthur Milliken, and today we will be reading Genesis chapters 39 to 41 from the World English Bible. You can find our reading plan at biblecurious.org forward slash plan. The book of Genesis chapter 39, Introduction. We now embark upon autobiographical material originally written by Joseph, son of Israel, who, despite living under Yahweh's favor, found himself victim to multiple injustices. This chapter includes Joseph and Potiphar's wife, Joseph falsely imprisoned. Chapter 39 Joseph was brought down to Egypt. Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh's, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the hand of the Ishmaelites that had brought him down there. Yahweh was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. He was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. His master saw that Yahweh was with him, and that Yahweh made all that he did prosper in his hand. Joseph found favor in his sight. He ministered to him, and Potiphar made him overseer over his house, and all that he had he put into his hand. From the time that he made him overseer in the house, and over all that he had, Yahweh blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. Yahweh's blessing was on all that he had, in the house and in the field. He left all that he had in Joseph's hand. He didn't concern himself with anything except for the food which he ate. Joseph was well-built and handsome. After these things, his master's wife set her eyes on Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused, and said to his master's wife, Behold, my master doesn't know what is with me in the house, and he has put all that he has into my hand. No one is greater in this house than I am, and he has not kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? As she spoke to Joseph day by day, he didn't listen to her, to lie by her, or to be with her. About this time, he went into the house to do his work, and there were none of the men of the house inside. She caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. He left his garment in her hand and ran outside. When she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had run outside, she called to the men of her house and spoke to them, saying, Behold! He has brought a Hebrew into us to mock us. He came in to me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. When he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried, he left his garment by me and ran outside. She laid up his garment by her until his master came home. She spoke to him according to these words, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you have brought to us came in to me to mock me, and as I lifted up my voice and cried, he left his garment by me and ran outside. When his master heard the words of his wife, which she spoke to him, saying, This is what your servant did to me, his wrath was kindled. Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in custody. But Yahweh was with Joseph and showed kindness to him 
and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. The keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, he was responsible for it. The keeper of the prison didn't look after anything that was under his hand because Yahweh was with him. And that which he did, Yahweh made it prosper. Joseph spent the greater part of his life among the Egyptians, steeped in Egyptian culture. But as this autobiography reveals, his heart belonged to his own people, the children of Israel. Joseph takes care to assure his readers that Yahweh remained with him during his captivity and blessed his every endeavor so that he could live prosperously despite the grave injustices perpetrated against him. These same words would also give comfort to generation after generation of Yahweh's people who could read Joseph's story and see that the same God also remains with them through their own persecution. The Book of Genesis, Chapter 40 Introduction As foreman among the prisoners, Joseph looks after his fellow inmates, and two officers of Pharaoh have strange dreams which Joseph interprets for them. This chapter includes the cupbearer and the baker. Chapter 40 After these things, the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker offended their lord, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker. He put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard into the prison, the place where Joseph was bound. The captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph, and he took care of them. They stayed in prison many days. They both dreamed a dream, each man his dream in one night, each man according to the interpretation of his dream, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were bound in the prison. Joseph came into them in the morning, and saw them, and saw that they were sad. He asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in custody in his master's house, saying, why do you look so sad today? They said to him, We have dreamed a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it. Joseph said to them, Don't interpretations belong to God? Please tell it to me. The chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream, behold, a vine was in front of me, and in the vine were three branches. It was as though it budded, it blossomed, and its clusters produced ripe grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup, and I gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. Joseph said to him, This is its interpretation. The three branches are three days. Within three more days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your office. You will give Pharaoh's cup into his hand the way you did when you were his cupbearer. But remember me when it is well with you, please. Show kindness to me, and make mention of me to Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house. For indeed, I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also I have done nothing that they should put me into the dungeon. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was good, and said to Joseph, I also was in my dream. And behold, three baskets of white bread were on my head. In the uppermost basket 
there were all kinds of baked food for Pharaoh, and birds ate them out of the basket on my head. Joseph answered, This is its interpretation. The three baskets are three days. Within three more days, Pharaoh will lift up your head from off you and will hang you on a tree, and the birds will eat your flesh from off you. On the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he made a feast for all of his servants, and he lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer and the head of the chief baker among his servants. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position again, and he gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker, as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet the chief cupbearer didn't remember Joseph, but forgot him. Don't interpretations belong to God? This is what Joseph tells the cupbearer and the baker after they tell Joseph of their plight. Their dreams are quite similar, a vine with three branches bringing forth grapes and three baskets full of bread. Yet one dream portended a happy outcome, while the other served as an ill omen of doom. It is not Joseph's cleverness which interpreted these dreams, but rather the voice of Yahweh, who, as we know from the previous chapter, was with Joseph continually during his captivity. We also know that Yahweh operates from his own agenda. When Joseph pleads with the cupbearer to petition Pharaoh for Joseph's release from prison, the cupbearer forgets his promise, because Yahweh, for reasons of his own, requires the cupbearer to remember this promise years later, as we will see in the next chapter. The Book of Genesis, Chapter 41 Introduction After two more years of languishing in prison, Joseph's fortunes finally turn around when Pharaoh has strange dreams of his own. This chapter includes the dreams of Pharaoh. Joseph interprets Pharaoh's dreams. Joseph given charge of Egypt. The seven years of plenty. The sons of Joseph. The famine begins. Chapter 41 At the end of two full years, Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, he stood by the river. Behold, seven cattle came up out of the river. They were sleek and fat, and they were fed in the marsh grass. Behold, seven other cattle came up after them out of the river, ugly and thin, and stood by the other cattle on the brink of the river. The ugly and thin cattle ate up the seven sleek and fat cattle. So Pharaoh awoke. He slept and dreamed a second time. And behold, seven heads of grain came up on one stalk, healthy and good. Behold, seven heads of grain, thin and blasted with the east wind, sprung up after them. The thin heads of grain swallowed up the seven healthy and full ears. Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. In the morning, his spirit was troubled, and he sent and called for all of Egypt's magicians and wise men. Pharaoh told them his dreams, but there was no one who could interpret them to Pharaoh. Then the chief cupbearer spoke to Pharaoh, saying, I remember my faults today. Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put me in custody in the house of the captain of the guard with the chief baker. 
We dreamed a dream in one night, he and I. Each man dreamed according to the interpretation of his dream. There was with us there a young man, a Hebrew, servant to the captain of the guard, and we told him, and he interpreted to us our dreams. He interpreted to each man according to his dream. As he interpreted to us, so it was. He restored me to my office, and he hanged him. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon. He shaved himself, changed his clothes, and came into Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have dreamed a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it. I have heard it said of you, that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It isn't in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Pharaoh spoke to Joseph, In my dream, behold, I stood on the brink of the river, and behold, seven fat and sleek cattle came up out of the river. They fed in the marsh grass, and behold, seven other cattle came up after them, poor and very ugly and thin, such as I never saw in all the land of Egypt for ugliness. The thin and ugly cattle ate up the first seven fat cattle, and when they had eaten them up, it couldn't be known that they had eaten them, but they were still ugly, as at the beginning. So I awoke. I saw in my dream, and behold, seven heads of grain came up on one stalk, full and good, and behold, seven heads of grain, withered, thin, and blasted with the east wind, sprung up after them. The thin heads of grain swallowed up the good heads of grain. I told it to the magicians, but there was no one who could explain it to me. Joseph said to Pharaoh, The dream of Pharaoh is one. What God is about to do, he has declared to Pharaoh. The seven good cattle are seven years, and the seven good heads of grain are seven years. The dream is one. The seven thin and ugly cattle that came up after them are seven years, and also the seven empty heads of grain blasted with the east wind they will be seven years of famine. That is the thing which I have spoken to Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Behold, seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt are coming. Seven years of famine will arise after them, and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt. The famine will consume the land and the plenty will not be known in the land by reason of that famine which follows, for it will be very grievous. The dream was doubled to Pharaoh, because the thing is established by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. Now therefore, let Pharaoh look for a discreet and wise man, and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this, and let him appoint overseers over the land, and take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt's produce in the seven plenteous years. Let them gather all the food of these good years that come, and store grain under the hand of Pharaoh for food in the cities, and let them keep it. The food will be to supply the land against the seven years of famine, which will be in the land of Egypt, so that the land will not perish through the famine. The thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh, and in the eyes of all of his servants. Pharaoh said to his servants, 
Can we find such a one as this, a man in whom is the Spirit of God? Pharaoh said to Joseph, Because God has shown you all of this. There is no one so discreet and wise as you. You shall be over my house. All my people will be ruled according to your word. Only in the throne I will be greater than you. Pharaoh said to Joseph, Behold, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh took off his signet ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand and arrayed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck. He made him ride in the second chariot which he had. They cried before him, Bow the knee. He set him over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh. Without you, no man shall lift up his hand or his foot in all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh called Joseph's name zaphnath paneah He gave him Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, the priest of On, as a wife. Joseph went out over the land of Egypt. Joseph was thirty years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. In the seven plenteous years the earth produced abundantly. He gathered up all the food of the seven years which were in the land of Egypt and laid up the food in the cities. He stored food in each city from the fields around that city. Joseph laid up grain as the sand of the sea very much until he stopped counting, for it was without number. To Joseph were born two sons before the year of famine came, whom Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of On, bore to him. Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for, he said, God has made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. The name of the second he called Ephraim, for God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. The seven years of plenty that were in the land of Egypt came to an end. The seven years of famine began to come, just as Joseph had said. There was famine in all lands, but in all the land of Egypt there was bread. When all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread, and Pharaoh said to all the Egyptians, Go to Joseph, what he says to you, do. The famine was over all the surface of the earth. Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold to the Egyptians. The famine was severe in the land of Egypt. All countries came into Egypt to Joseph to buy grain, because the famine was severe in all the earth. After 13 years of captivity, we finally see the purpose behind Joseph's many afflictions. Yahweh, knowing about the upcoming years of famine, needed to provide for his people the children of Israel, and only Joseph had the strength of character necessary to fulfill this role. Joseph relates this narrative about his reversal of fortune in vibrant detail, with great attention paid to the words of Pharaoh as he spoke to Joseph, as well as particulars such as Pharaoh's signet ring, Joseph's robes of fine linen, and the gold chain placed about his neck. Joseph names his two sons Manasseh, meaning forgetfulness, and Ephraim, meaning doubly fruitful. These names are intended to show gratitude to the one who gave him all of his good fortune, Yahweh, meaning 
he who causes to be. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Bring us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Thank you for listening. If you've satisfied any of your Bible curiosity, please rate this series. If you have feedback, write a review. And if you are still curious for more, please subscribe. Smash that subscribe button so that we can send you timely updates. And join us for our next episode, where we will be reading Genesis chapters 42 to 43, Joseph's Brothers. After all of these years, what could Joseph have to say to the brothers who sold him into slavery? Tune in and find out. This is Arthur Milliken saying good night and God bless.